Father God, we love you and we bless you. Thank you for another bad day for the devil, great day for us. Thank you for these amazing people that are in this room tonight, Lord. I thank you for the ones that are watching by way of internet and the ones that will watch, Lord. I thank you that your word uh, is incorruptible. It'll do what it set out to do. We take hold of it tonight, Lord. Let your word be a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. Uh, we bless you, Father, for your word. Holy Spirit, we give you total reign in this place tonight to speak what you need to speak, to say what you need to say, to do whatever you want to do tonight. We love you, Lord. We commit ourselves to you. We commit this time to you. We remind the devil that he's under our feet. He can't come near our dwelling place. We plead the blood of Jesus from the top to the bottom and all the way around this ministry, but all the way around our homes, our lives, and everything that we have outside these four walls. We roll the care of them over on you tonight, Lord, because you care for us. We focus our intention and our heart's desire upon you. We look into you, Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We behold you tonight, Lord, and we ask you to show us your glory, Lord. Show us your glory, Lord. Extend the imaginations and the thoughts and the intents of our heart to be grafted into everything that you're trying to unveil to us at this particular time in our lives. Each and every one of us, no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, we ask you, Lord, to show us your glory in any and every area of our lives so that we can become what you created us to be, and that's in your image and in your glory, Lord. We want to be everything that you created us to be. Unveil yourself to us tonight in ways that we've never seen before, Lord. We remind the devil that he can't come in here. He can't steal the word. We resist him and he flees from us. We commit this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm excited about tonight. This is a uh, a great, this is the first time I've been in the new format, and uh, I love it, man. I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, it's going to be simple. It's going to be right what we need it to be tonight. i got four questions for you tonight as we look into this. So if you're taking notes, these are four questions that we're going to go through uh, as we look at the Word of God tonight. What Number one is, what is forming your world? What is forming your world? That's number one. Number two, does it matter what you and I think about? doesn't matter what we think about. <clears throat> Number three, can we have two thoughts at the same time and succeed? Number four, who is in control of our thoughts? So we're going to look at those four things. Again, I'll go with what is forming your world, my world, what is forming our world. Does it matter what we think upon? Can we have two thoughts and succeed? And who is in control of our thoughts? Real, real cool questions. You know, you think about this. We've been going through uh, transformed, his will clearly, understanding what God's will is in our lives, uh, transforming our thought processes in order for us to get lined up with what God thinks about us. I want us to answer that first question. What is forming your world? What is forming my world? Your world and my world is being framed by words of some type of intent some way, form, and fashion. You're, you and I, every image that you have has been created by words that somebody has spoken or put on a paper or drawn, or drawn on a picture. Amen. The worlds were created by the word of God. So God framed the worlds by his word. So God, everything that you and I see today, the stars, the, the, the molecules that you see in a microscope, everything that you and I see, period, were created by words. <laughs> and you and I have got to understand that in order for us to understand how to frame our own world and what is being formed. So whatever you have today, whatever I have today, whoever I am today, the life that I live today has been formed by words. Okay, so I, I've got to be convinced of that. If I'm not convinced, whether you're convinced of it or not, it's happening. That's a reality. You know, it's a reality. So you've got to face that reality. It says in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, verse 3, the worlds were framed by the word of God. Hebrews 11, 1, 3, the worlds were framed by the word of God. You and I are framing our worlds or forming our worlds by the words that we're listening to, that we're speaking out of our mouth, by the image that have been created by words. Whichever you're seeing right now is based upon some type of influence of the word being put into your life telling you that this is good or this is bad or this is what you should do or what you shouldn't do. Everything that I am today is because of what I've allowed to form my life by words that have been spoken over me. 
If you do this, this, and this, you're going to get this. So you think you're going to get this, this, and this because that's what somebody told you. Come on. It's really important to understand that. All right, so our worlds are being framed by words. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you and I present our bodies a living sacrifice. Who does this? Say, I do. Okay, so i got to put my body in a position to receive whatever it is that God has for me. Amen? All right, so holy and acceptable unto God. You don't do whatever you want to do with your body. You do whatever it is God's telling you to do with your body. All right? And say, okay, which is your reasonable service? Now, this is where we want to focus, though. And be not conformed. Here's that word formed is in there. Do not be, be not conformed. Don't do this. Don't conform yourself to the world and the world system. We cannot allow ourselves to frame our worlds or form our world by what we see in the world. Our world can't be like everybody else's world. We've got a, we've got a world that's beyond the imagination of the natural mind. You're going to see this as we continue to dive into this tonight. You and I have got to make sure that we understand that if you're, uh, if you're, Comparing your life by what you're seeing in the world today, you will always lack what it is you think you're supposed to have. But when you understand what God's word says about you and who you were created to be and what you're supposed to be formed into, then you'll be able to complete everything and have everything that God's intended for you to have. Okay, so important. Because God's not trying to keep things from us. He's trying to get them to us, but we can't do things like the world does things. And if we continue to measure our lives based upon what the world says about what we're supposed to do, we're always going to feel like failures. We're we're going to feel like we don't measure up to what everybody else is is measuring everything to. Amen? And so we cannot measure our lives based upon what other people think. We have to measure our lives upon what God's Word says about us and the revelation that we have in our situations. Amen? Because my, my life's different than your life. Everybody's life is different in here. But it's supposed to be because you're specifically and uniquely made for a, a, something that God has for you in this life. Amen? Don't, even the Christian, this is so important because I'm not just saying this from, okay, this is what the Christian world looks like. I'm not just talking about the natural world. out. I'm talking also about the Christian world. The, you know, you got to dress a certain way to come to church kind of world. Or drive a certain kind of vehicle to be, you know, come on. There's an aspect here that's not just like the worldly standard that people think of, or if you don't have the right lingo. Seriously, come on. That, amen, brother. Come on, Pastor Rick. Get it going. Ha, ha, ha. Yee. Come on. You got to see this because too many times as Christians, we compare ourselves with each other all the time, and that's not what God's called us to do. Come on, we're going somewhere. All right, we'll keep going here. Okay, so be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. A simple thing here. You ever heard somebody preach one thing about a scripture and then someone else preach another thing, but you look at both of them, that was, both of them were good. Why? Because you think different than I think. And God talks to you different than he talks to me. But I need to, I need to grasp on to what it is that you're that you're seeing in order to make my life better than what it is right now. If I just live my life based upon my own revelation of what I think the word of God says about it, it's going to be very dull. Come on. It's revelation that comes from the throne of God and it comes through other people, but it has to be through God. God uses people, but, but, but you got to see this, but it has to be your revelation, something that he's speaking to you. Okay, so be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove There's a proving that's going on here. There's a proving that's going on here. There's a proving that's going on here. It says that what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God? Okay, so in your thought processes, you're going to find out what the will of God is. All right? All right, so conformed is being modeled or formed to the world, pressed into the same mold or shape. What are you being pressed into today? Or just measure yourself and just think, am I, if, is what I'm believing for based upon what God is wanting for my life or is it based upon what I see another Christian have? Come on. 
Or is it, you know, the world, what the world terms success? And, and, I, and I really believe I need to stay in a little bit of the realm of the Christian world too because I think that we think we ought to be like everybody else. And we're not called to be like everybody else. We're all a part of the same body. We all have the same DNA of God. And he is, if the angels are still rolling around the throne of God going, holy, 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 because they see something different, we're going to see things different all the time. So, and we should not measure anybody else based upon our own personal thoughts. Come on. And our knowledge of what we believe the word of God says. So seeing God's will clearly cannot be measured by somebody else's revelation. Good, bad, or ugly. Seriously, Christian or non-Christian, right? Our world has got to be framed. It has to be formed by what God says about us. We have to measure everything that we do in our life. My world has to be formed and framed by what I know that God says about me. I can't walk on some, in somebody else's revelation. I have to have an intimate relationship with God to understand what he's saying to me specifically. If not, I'm going to feel like I'm not measuring up any day of the week. Just a reality check here. Seeing God's will clearly. Are you seeing God's will clearly for your life? Who is forming your world right now? What mold are you trying to get in? If I just can do this, if I teach here, or if I do this, or if I, if I you know, come on. Do my, do my, pray my little church thing do you know serve here no form your world based upon the word of God whatever the word of God is saying to you jump out there and take a leap of faith and start doing it and then take another leap of faith and take another leap of faith and take another leap of faith and watch your mold become more than you ever hoped or imagined that it could possibly be but you have to start somewhere and you got to start with a revelation of who God is for you, not a revelation of who God is for me or Pastor Cash or Pastor Justin or Pastor Annette or Jeremiah or Chad. It doesn't matter. You, have, you and I, are, our worlds are being framed by words that are being spoken to us. And as Pastor Justin, myself, or Dr. Savell comes up here and we impart unto you the word of God, it's important for you to take that word of God and say, God, what are you saying to me? Have you ever noticed there's times where uh, Pastor Justin's preaching or, or I minister or doctor somebody or Pastor Annette like she was this past Sunday and they start preaching about something and all of a sudden your thoughts go into another realm. Yeah, come on. What's God, what has God taken? The deposit of that word that someone has just spoken and he's, he's trying to unveil it for you specifically. Come on, Steph, you know that. It's a part of God that he's trying to, to make it for you personally. And so nobody else can tell you, oh, you just do that because Pastor Justin does that. Or you just say that because Pastor Rick says it. Or that's what, not. no, it's yours. Yeah. It has become a part of who you are, not, a, not because you're connected with somebody here or something. It all of a sudden becomes your right. revelation, and it becomes a part of your mold. Amen. You and I have got to allow that to take place in our lives. Because here's the reality of it. That word conform also goes into the word metamorphosis. Come on. Like a caterpillar, come on, turns into a butterfly. And so what's happening is God's word is being planted on the inside of us. And it's mine and your responsibility to take it and rightly divide it and allow that word to be uh, the one deciding factor about what we do in our lives and ask the Holy Spirit to talk to us specifically about it. And so when we're getting that, we become, we begin to change. And where we used to be a certain, I, I, I pray and I'm believing that every day I'm changing more and more for the better. Yeah. It doesn't matter what I look like yesterday. You know what? All of us have a history in the past. It's in the past. Leave your past in the behind, right? You know, you got to leave it back there. And just keep, but if, if you and I will keep focusing on what is God depositing into me right now, it's going to change you. And if you'll continue to look into that word and continue to dive into the word of God, it'll consistently change you. And whatever your life may be missing some parts or not looking all that great in, it's going to become a butterfly in your life eventually. It's the same thing that's happening. It's, it's going to transform me. It's going to transform you. So don't allow peer pressure of any sort, way, form, or fashion. There's more. Do you think that's high school? No, there's peer pressure in this life. Come on. You know, where you work, where your kids go to school. Come on. What kind of car you drive? What you got your kid for their birthday? Seriously? What your kids are driving? That's ridiculous. You know, it's a, it's a reality in the world, though. 
And they look at you as a failure if you don't get them this, this, come on. Or where you live. And, and you, you and I got to cast doubt. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. So here we go. All right. So we're going to be transformed. It says, be not conformed to this, but be transformed, which was where we get our word metamorphosis. Paul is ta- talking to believers here. I think it's so important for us to realize that. He's not talking to, you know, he's talking to strong believers right here going, look, guys, come on. Keep changing. It's you, you and I have not arrived, amen? I have not, I'm constantly, God, refine me, constantly change me. I want to get better. I want to keep pressing towards the mark. I don't want to be satisfied with where I am today in any point of my life. We're going to keep on going through eternity, unveiling the truth about who God is and what he wants, to, wants us to accomplish in life. Uh, what are thoughts? I like this. But images in one's minds created by something or someone. That's what thoughts are. Mental pictures that are taking us to our destiny. Mental pictures, these are thoughts that are framing our world. Mental pictures that are taking us to our destiny. And our worlds are framed by whatever words are being spoken over us on a consistent basis. Hmm. Let's go to the second question. Second question, does it matter what we think upon? Hmm. Does it matter what we think about? Upon? Oh, it's huge. You bet it does. Romans 8, 6 says this, for to be carnally minded is death. Okay, so the moment you and I start comparing ourselves with somebody else, or seriously, this is it, then you've just gotten in the flesh. I've just, I, wait a second, I cannot do that, stop. You know, whatever fears are in your life, that's carnal because you're afraid somebody's going to think something of you, you're going to fail, and everybody's going to know you didn't do so great, right? Those are, those are leading to death. It's a fear of death. It's a fear of death. When you're in the flesh and you're concerned about what everybody else worried about, what everybody else thinks about you, that's fleshly. It's a reality. Hey, hey, we've all been there. Just if I ask everybody to raise their hand, you better go where hand, feet, everything else. The reality of it is you're trying to measure yourself based upon a natural realm that you've seen somebody else succeed in, and you think, oh, I want to be like that. Yeah. That doesn't stop when you're a kid, it continues to grow even bigger because you get more. That's why guys get a lot of stuff, right? You know what I'm saying? They got the boat, they got the car, they got the truck and the car and the motorcycle. And, you know, come on. Well, so-and-so got this, so I want this and I want that too. I want one of those. No, stop. Don't compare yourself. Don't allow yourself. Don't allow your thought processes, my thought processes, go in a direction that I shouldn't be thinking upon. Because my thoughts matter. Say, my thoughts thoughts matter. matter. Well, that's just a thought, Pastor. No, your thoughts matter. I'm saying this by the Spirit of the Lord. This was not on my radar at all. But I actually, Cassie and I sat down with a a couple one time, and he had no problem and didn't see any problem with pornography in his life. He said, it's not not sex. I'm just going to say, he said, that's, and he's right here with his wife saying this. And he doesn't say anything spiritually wrong with this. And he's, and I'm going, okay, what, that, you don't understand. As a man thinketh, in his heart, so is he. And your thoughts, you're going to go in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. And years later, he was in affairs and everything else. And but right, he's but I'm telling. But you know what? That's just one area. What about the car? What about the uh, the the clothes that you want to wear? What about the job you want? What about the place that you want to send your kid to school? Did you know that 67 percent of people with college degrees are not using their degree for what? It, what they got it for. That's a proven fact. So you spend all this, my kid's going to do this, and my kid's going to do that, and they're going to be this, and I'm going to be this, and we're going to do this, and I've got all the, step back, hold on. Who's framing your thoughts? Because it all, it all starts with a thought. And if you and I, you and I have got to realize our thoughts matter. You and I have got to recognize that. Oh, it's just a thought. No, it's a thought. You better pay attention to that thought. Where'd that thought come from? Get rid of that thought. If it's not lining up with the word of God, no, stop. Put slap down, reset. 
You're not going to, I'm still trying to go to that next point yet. Y'all just, this is so, um, in, Rome, in Psalms 94, 11, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of a man. Well, that'll make you check yourself. God knows every single thought that you and I have. Woo, hello, right? Oh, you know, I love Jesse. We got to see Jesse. I went, went over there in Louisiana this past weekend and just got to hear him preach. But he talks about the difference between what guys think about guys that have muscles. Guys go, man, dude, that guy's buff. Well, I'd like to look like him. You know, a woman, if a good-looking woman walks in, who does she think she is? Some, you know what I'm saying? Girls think different than guys where that is concerned. But that's a, that's, everybody's got their own cup of tea, right? Come on. Women don't care what, how, they really want to be loved. So they can live, as long as you're loving on them, you can love on them in a, in a two-bedroom home or a ten-bedroom home. But they want to make sure they're loved, they're taken care of, you know what I'm saying? They want to have that security. Guys are after the stuff. Hello. So when the, you, I, I said that thing about men, you know, man, they admire guys, girls looking at a woman like, mm. <laughs> I will forget this. Uh, God, you bring these thoughts to me. This is God. This is not me. So we, I remember years ago, Cassie and I, um, we went to one of our kids' birthday parties and, or one of our friends, our cousin's friend's birthday party. And uh, a good friend of mine, I went to high school, I've known her all, almost my whole life. And so, but uh, she's got one of, the, one of the most wonderful personalities, beautiful person, just her personality exceeds anything that she does. It doesn't matter who she comes in contact with. Well, she's a very, very fit lady. So she shows up to the birthday, kid's birthday party. Everybody's just swimming. She's just nice to everybody. She doesn't think nothing of it, but she has, she's very well blessed. You know, it's a good way to say it. And she, she works out. So she's, I mean, Cassie could probably give this description a whole lot better than I could because I didn't, I didn't spend any time looking at her, okay? All right, but all the ladies did. All the ladies did. Come on, Cassie, I'll tell you. All the ladies were like. No, every woman was like. <laughs> yeah, she's on every, every woman was like, come on, you know? And she was just another mom. It was all the church people that were, come on. And so, and Cassie, and Cassie, of course, Cassie doesn't care. Cassie loves her, and, you know, our kid, their kids play with our kids and everything else, and they think nothing of it. But the reality, what's framing and forming your world? What are you measuring your life by? It's not about, I love what Jesse says, too. I, if you love you, I, if you like you, I like you. Come on. It's not, you got to see this. What's, but you can, you'll know what's forming somebody's world by what they're thinking about what's coming out of their mouth. Seriously. And so what you and I have to get good at is like, you know what? That's not my thought. I'm not going to sit here in judgment over somebody else because of what car they drive or how they look or how they're dressed or how they're not dressed. Come on. That may be all they have. You know what? Praise God. You, you, do you understand that? You, you and I cannot allow our world to be conformed by what everybody else terms, this is good, this is bad, this isn't good. Th- you know, come on, this makes you somebody, this doesn't make you somebody. This, come on. It's so important for us to do that. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you what's framing that, words. What's forming that, words. <laughs> I love you guys. <clears throat> Uh, look at this, God, uh, Jesus, in, in uh, Luke 12, 22, w- wonderful scripture. He said unto his disciples, how important, I, and this is what you and I have to shift into. You and I have the ability to control our thoughts, right? He said unto his disciples, therefore I say unto you, take no thought. <clears throat> so if he says take no thought, can we take a thought? Definitely, Yes. We can take a thought. We can take a thought one way or the other way. You know, sometimes you can look at somebody, you think they're thinking something, but you don't have a clue what they're thinking. Seriously, that's what you're thinking. Right? Come on. Exactly. Come on. So you, you can, but the bottom line is no matter what you're thinking, you can control that thought. Because he told his disciple, take no thought. If God said that you and I can take control of thoughts, guess what? We can, well, you can't control your thoughts, Pastor. Yes, you can. Amen. Because Jesus just said so. Yes. That's the Bible and it says so. Amen? Amen? So we can take thoughts, right? We can take authority over our thoughts. We can control our thought process. If he says we can, we can. 
For your life, what you shall eat, neither the body, what you shall put on. Consider the ravens. So he's saying, so think about this instead. I like this. He's saying, think about this instead. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouses nor barn, and God feedeth them. How much more are you better than the fowls? Which of you, with taking thought, can add to his stature one cubit? Come on. What good is it to talk or think about the worrying some of what you can or cannot do? Right? You got to focus this, okay? If you then be not able to do that thing which is least, why take you thought for the rest of it? Stephanie and I were talking in the green room today, and we're just talking about the, uh, the, the way God's manifesting himself right now. Show me your glory. I, I see it, we're seeing things constantly. Like It's like God just keeps doing things for us. And, and that's what he's supposed to, he's going to keep on doing things for his children. Where your thoughts are going, somebody made, I just got this. Somebody said, well, he didn't do nothing for me. That's your thought. Okay. Come on. You're going to go in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. That's right. So change your thoughts. No, that is me. Come on. I, that's me. That's, I'm with you out there, Pastor Rick. Come on. God is doing something for me every single day. Something, something extraordinary. What am I doing? We're framed. We're talking about what God is doing and the goodness of God in our lives. Therefore, the goodness of God is going to continue to manifest in our lives. You ever notice that ne- negative people, other negative people follow negative people? So it's because negative follows negative, right? So what we, you and I have to do is constantly cultivate in our lives the thought processes that we want happen in our lives, and they are controlled by the words that are, we are allowing to be brought into our lives, received in our ears, talked about outside of our mouths. Amen. You and I are forming our worlds by what we're allowing to take place in our life, by the people that we surround ourselves with. Show me the people, my mom used to say, show me the people you hang around with, and I'll show you who you are. Or who you're becoming. It's a reality, and it's true. The scripture in the Bible, you can't play with the fire and not get any on you. Can't roll around with the pigs and not get the slop on you. Right? So here's the thought. Here's the thing, though. What's your life being formed into right now based upon where you're going on a regular basis, who you're listening to day in and day out? Turn that radio station off and listen to the word of God. You know, make sure the music that you're listening to is uplifting and bringing you into a place. Some Christian music ain't got a lot of doubt and unbelief in it, too. Yeah, so you make sure that you're, whenever you're feeling, I do this. If ever I'm sitting there, all of a sudden I'm going, well, why am I so, uh, I, I go, what is it? You know, I'm, I, what, something's going on here. And I need to change it, so I'm going to figure out what it is. If my thoughts going in a direction that I don't want them going in, you know what I do? I go get my Bible. I go get my Word. I get my phone. My wife knows this. Man, there are, every night in our, home, in our room, in our home, everything we do, in our room, the Word is going forth. We wake up in the morning, either Word's going or worship's going. There is constantly something feeding us other than what the world is feeding us because the world is trying to feed us something. Come on, and so you and I are, are going to be formed by whatever is coming in. Garbage in, garbage out. You remember that old thing? All right. So, but goodness in, goodness out. Amen? Great things coming in, great things coming out. What are you wanting to form your, what are you molding your world with right now? And so, but I'm telling you, every one of us in this whole entire room, pastors, myself, anybody in here, all of us are having a, having a serious thing go on where our thoughts are concerned. Your thoughts and my thoughts can go in a direction so fast, and you're whoa, whoa, wait a second, stop. And we've got to make a determining factor. Here's what's really cool. I learned this in one of our last. Uh, I was we were able. I was able to go to some extensive learning in, in an area, and uh, I got a revelation there that you know what, you can't have two thoughts at the same time. These multitask because they use it from a multitasking situation. Really, you're going to stop one thought and go to another thought. Yeah. It can happen like that. And most people that do a lot of things, it looks like at the same time, they're really not doing it at the same time. They'll do this real quick, then they'll do this, and they'll come over and do this, and they'll come over and do this. And they, they're diligent about what they do, but there is no way that you can have two thoughts at the same time. I was like, wow. You try it. You can't do it. So what we do know is that your thoughts are framed by whatever you're hearing. Yeah. Even if it's inside of you, you're hearing something. 
You ever, you ever remember, I remember sitting in a classroom in your daydream, you're out there and the teacher goes, hey. And you're like, oh, yeah, what, what was that? You know, seriously, or your wife does that. Or your, you know what I'm saying? You know, or, you know. Uh, so it's, it's, what is that? What's happening is, is you, you, you have to stop a thought to get to another thought. All right. So. Hmm. Matthew 14, 28 says this, and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, why did you, wherefore did you doubt? Who can tell me, without looking at that scripture, who can tell, you, tell me what that's about? Peter walking on the water, sinking. Some of the people go pointing down. Peter, everybody knows the situation. Peter is out on the water and he's walking on the water. And you know what? His the whole reality of what happened with Peter is all of a sudden he recognized that's Jesus. Yeah, come on, hey Jesus, if it's really you, let me come on out there. So he takes that step, he starts walking, but all of a sudden another thought came. I know I. Whoa, look at these waves. I'm getting slapped with water. Things are going on here. No. So he went in the direction of his most dominant thought at the time, right? Down. Okay. Now, this is really cool. I love this. Uh, Brother Keith points this out. He says, you know, that word doubt has the word D-O-U in it. I mean, double. D-O-U, dub. It's in there. D-O-U-B. Okay. It's the same word. It's the same Conjunction when you look at James 1, 6 through 8. And it says this in James 1, 6 through 8. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. That sounds like Peter, right? Come on. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. He is a double duo. The exact same, the exact same word extension there is the exact same word that they're using in doubt where Peter was in the situation. He had, tried, he had two thoughts that came to him, and you're, which, which, so what he's saying here is if you keep thinking about, that's why he says later on in James, you can't have out of the same well salty water and fresh water. Yeah. It's not going to work. It says you keep, you, oh, well, I'm going to live my life this, you know, when I'm, you know, Sundays I'll come to church and I'm going to just be, and when, you know, I'll, I'll read my Bible, but then, you know, I just got to do my thing. Excuse me? You are double. Say, hello? Come on. And so what I'm saying is, you know what? You can live, but I'm telling you, you're going to go in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. And you're an unstable man, unstable in any, any part of your ways. You're not going to have the success that God intended for you to have. You can't live two different lifestyles and expect to have the greatness that God has intended for you to have. It's not going to happen. Come on. So you have to make sure that you're not trying to, well, that's not my, well, you're still thinking about it. Cast down. All right, let's move to the next thing. I want to read with you. Let's go to um, 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. Let me read this. Now, the, the last question is, who is in control of your thought life? And by the way, I just asked you, can you have two thoughts? No, you can't have them. But whatever, if you're allowing yourself to have two thoughts, you're going to go in the direction of the one that's worse. Amen? Can't help yourself. Okay, that's your natural man. Okay, so... The fourth question is, who is in control of your thoughts? If it's going to be what? If it's going to be what? It's up to me. It's up to you. I cannot control your thought life for you. Thought, thought life for you. I can't do it. Uh, you're going to have to say, this is my responsibility. I can do this. Now, I can help you and encourage you and build you up and put you in a position to receive what God has for you. But you ever, eventually, you are going to have to be the one that goes, okay, I'm taking this with me and I'm going to start doing this. That gets me to the last point here in just a second. Okay, so 2 Corinthians 10, 5 through 7. This is important because the reality of it is thoughts come. How many of y'all have thoughts, fights thoughts on a daily basis? Everybody raise your hand because you fight thoughts of some sort on a daily basis. Everybody does. The reality of it. You have an opportunity. And you may not even, it might not be normal. It might not be something that you see every day. But there's something that comes to you in a day that tests you a little bit. And that's a thought. And you got a choice to make. What am I going to do with the thought? This is what you do. 2 Corinthians 10, 5 through 7 says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. So there is something here you have to know. You got to know what God says. You got to know the will of God for your life. 
bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And then verse 7, it says, do you look on the things of the outward appearance? So going back to that carnal, stop. most of the time, the imaginations that you're getting are because of the carnal side of things. All right? So 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says, casting down imaginations. I had a thought when I first was listening to this message, and I want Tessa to play a quick clip so you can understand what you and I are supposed to do when a thought comes to us. Enough! You are all of you beneath me. I am a god, you dull creature, and I will not be bullied by that. Puny god. When I was listening to Keith, he was taught this word right here is to throw down intensely. When a thought comes to you, when a thought, that's the devil. Loki's, and that's it. If you know the whole situation with it, that's the picture of Loki is, in, is like the devil himself at times, okay? So he's taking this, and you, but he's trying to be the God of your world. He's like a roaring lion. He's not a roaring lion. You're the roaring lion. Come on. And so what happens is, is you get these thoughts. But he's saying here, what Brother Moore was saying, he says, you've got to throw this down intensely. It's not something you can just, oh, that's just a thought. No, you take that thought. No, that is not my thought. That is not my thought. And you take it and you throw it down. You do not allow it to be in your life. You shut the door on the enemy right then and there. Every single time, you stop it. You resist that devil and he'll flee from you. But you're the one that's got to bow up and get real about it and say, not, not today, Satan. I got a shirt that says that. Not today, Satan. I, I should have worn that tonight. Not today, Satan. I wear that shirt. And I do because it's important. You got to put him in his place because he's always looking around seeing, hey, can I get a little edge on him this day? Can I take, can I take a little ground back from him that he took from the other? No, you go, no, that's not my, that, I'm not like that anymore. I take authority over you. I resist you in the name of Jesus. You cannot have my life. And, and you cannot have my thought life in any way, form, or fashion because a thought's going to lead you into the direction that you're going into. And you got to take, that's how serious it is. And you got to look at him, you think you're a God, you're not. Reality check there, buddy. Not the God of this world, not my world. You don't reign, rule and reign in this life. I rule and reign in this life with Christ Jesus. Jesus bought that back for you and me. And I got to stay, and you and I got to be seated with him in heavenly places far above it. So don't allow him to come in here and start. And he starts with a thought. He starts with a thought. And you and I got to shut the door on him. Shut the door, keep out the devil. Shut the door, keep the devil in the night. You remember that, right? Eric, do you remember that one? She does. She does. Eric, Eric tells me, he said, Pastor Rick, I don't know any of those songs you sing. I said, you need to go to church. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can tell when you grew up. You know, seriously, there's some things, just that's old school stuff that I throw out there all the time. So I think I show my age more, though, than I, I think that's kind of what people realize. He really is 49. Okay, so here we are. So your thoughts, you say, I... Control my thoughts. Say, I, I resist the devil, and he flees from me. Ooh, glory to God. You got to get real about this, man. Come on. Quit letting him rule, your, rule and reign in your life. Amen? Thou will find him in per- When you do this, this is what's so important. When you and I are doing this, when we're putting our thoughts in a position to receive what God has for us, because there's a war going on. The old saying, there's two dogs fighting on the inside of you. Whichever one you feed the most is the one that's going to win. So stop feeding those thoughts. Stop feeding those negative thoughts. Feed the thoughts that are going to take you to your divine, godly, overcoming, conquering destiny. That's where you're headed into the direction of. Amen? That's what you and I have. you got to feed those, though. You, in the process of this, when you do this, you will keep him in perfect peace when your mind is stayed on him rather than those other negative thoughts. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not this enough. Or I'm, stop. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. 
That's not your thought. I was reminded of a, a testimony that uh, uh, Brother Copeland gave of, uh, of Courtney Copeland when they were little. She, I think she was five years old, and she's in the back seat, and, and her mom was driving her somewhere, and uh, she said, those are not my thoughts. Those are not my thoughts. Those are not my thoughts. And finally, her mom says, what are you thinking? Oh, the devil just told me to break his, I can't remember his, her brother's name, my, uh, my brother's, his, his leg. And so he was, she was mad at him at the time. She's five years old. So she, what was she doing? She was taking authority over that thought because, she, you know, she probably watched a, a show or something, and you never know. Kids watch all kinds of the cartoons today are not what they used to be. So they're like, you know, so there's a reality there. So she, but she, what was she doing? Even at five years old, she knew those are not my thoughts. I'm telling you, there are thoughts going. Brother Hagen used to say this. He said, uh, it's one thing to let a bird fly over your head. It's another thing to let them nest up there. Thoughts are going to come. Reality check, thoughts are going to come. You just can't take the thoughts that you know are not in the will of God for your life. You and I have to cast them down, slap down, reset, and go, no, those are not my thoughts. My thoughts are pure and holy and pleasing and, and uh, on the things of God. So look at this with me. We're going to Philippians 4, 6 through 9. It says here, be careful for nothing. I love this. Take no thoughtful care for anything. Hmm, that cool? Philippi- and that's uh, in the, in the, the New Living Translation. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. So what do you do? Whenever you, prayer is just speaking what God's word says about your situation. So the moment that you get something, hey, don't, I ain't worried. No, no, I'm not worried about that. I, I'm not fearful about that. I'm not fearful. That is not my life. Nope, I'm not going in that direction. My child's the hill to the Lord. A lot of, you know, you got to constantly speak out what the word of God says about it because your thoughts will go, I'll never get out of this. I've always been like this. Stop it. Stop that thought. Stop that word that's been spoken over you. You know, you, I see this with kids. This is my smart kid. This is my athletic kid. What? Stop. Who created you to say that's what that person is and that's what that person is? Come on. You, got, you have got to embrace this. You are, what are we doing? We're slapping down. Reset. No, Satan, that is not my, those are not my thoughts. All of my kids are taught in the admonition of the Lord. Come on. I have a promise of my children's children through a thousand generations. My ten, kids will be ten times smarter than the, than the world system. Come on. If Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Dan, they could all be ten times smarter, so can yours. But you're, what's your confession? What are you believing for in that situation? Amen. But don't, don't, they're not measured by their intellect. Come on. They're, me- they're measured by who they are in Christ Jesus. And you are too. So you got to watch thoughts, even where your kids, your parents, your, come on, your friends, don't allow those thoughts to go in a direction. Well, you know, they didn't want, stop. That's not your thought. The devil always wants to bring up the negative. Anything that's negative coming into your life, stop it. What does he say here? Because look at this, continues here. It says, tell God what you need. He says, Peter, I love this. Peter Daniels calls worry, when you're like this, anti-God. You're against God in this situation. Okay, so in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And this is important, the peace of God. Because I want you to recognize something by the end of this. You're going to recognize some, some characteristics and traits of someone that has a very, very strong thought life. Someone that has a very, very strong thought life is someone that doesn't look like they're moved by very much. Seriously. I, I, love, I love that. You see some strong men of God or women of God, and it's because they have, they have learned to cast down a wicked imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the thoughts of God. All right? And that should, that's, say, that's me. that's me. Say, that's me. That's me. Come on. That's us. That's who we are. That's who we're created to be, and we're, we're growing in this constantly. And it says, and, and the peace of God would stop. That's one of the things that you'll always recognize with someone that has a very strong thought life. There's a peace about them no matter what the situation looks like. And that's something that you have to grow. It's, not, it's like a muscle. If you don't work it, if you don't, if you don't cultivate it, if you don't, you, you don't constantly cast down thoughts and just, you know, that's not my thought. I'm okay. It's good. Everything's good. It's le- training yourself to not be moved by the five physical senses is something that takes time. Seriously. And it comes from a healthy dose of the word of God in your life on a consistent basis. So you can be strong in him rather than the world and the power of his might rather than what the world's telling you. His word is peace. 
And he says this in the, in the last part of this, verse nine, 8 and 9, he says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely. How many things is he going to have to tell us here? He's, I mean, he's given us some direction. He says, okay, stop thinking about this and think about these things. And he's given us a list here that just keeps going. He said, if there be any praise, think on these things. You know, that's a great way, and I, I love this. And if there's things going on, start thanking God for the things he's already done in your life. Yeah, amen. I thank you, Lord, for this. I thank you, Lord, for that. I thank you, Lord, for this. I thank you, Lord, that you've done this. I thank you, Lord, that you provided this. I thank you, Lord, that you healed me that other time. So you got me now. I thank you, Lord, that, you know, come on. You just keep thinking, and you start praising him for the things that he's already done. It'll help remind you and stir up a remembrance on you of what he's going to do and what he's doing right now in your life. Amen? Those things which we have both, now here's important. Those things which we have both learned, received, and heard, and seen in me. I love this, Paul. Seen in me, do. 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 You and I have to do this. You and I, here, this is what, and I'm telling you this because the, the greatest gap in your ability to learn and grow is what you know to do and what you actually do. That's the greatest gap in our lives is you can have all the factual knowledge that you want and you may have a learned, uh, you may be a walking encyclopedia and something. People can come for you for information on this, information on that, but what are you doing with what you've learned? That's the determining factor because all throughout the word of God, you see God constantly telling us Joshua chapter one. Let's look at that for just a quick second. Joshua chapter one. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night. Well, I don't have time for all that. You got time to listen to everything else. Seriously, you have a choice to make when you step into that car, when you go to that next meeting. Come on, when you take your lunch break. Seriously, you constantly have choices. If it's going to be, it's up to me. It's up to you and me together. We got to do this. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written. All, yeah, all, okay, written therein. For then you shall make your way prosper. Then you shall have good success. See, everybody wants success, but they don't want to do what it takes to get there. It's not a matter of what you know. It's a matter of what you're doing. I've seen people, you see people that have been in church their whole entire life, and they're just as broke, busted, and disgusted when they started church. <laughs> Seriously, and there's their family, they're like, I don't know what. Do what we're telling you to do. That's the biggest gap in your learning development. My learning development, I've got to determine I'm going to do something about it, not just know about it. Everybody, knowledge puffs up. Oh, I know that, Pastor Rick. Well, that's great. Why don't you try doing it? It helps a little bit, you know? Seriously? It's like having some food, and you're like, I'm so hungry. Well, there it is. Eat it. Come on. It's, well, you don't know how hungry I am, Pastor. I'm so hungry. There's steak right there. You can have all you want. But I'm so hungry. Oh, Seriously, this is not, you, and I say it like that because that's a simple, practical, but the reality of it is he's saying to us, look, guys, do what you've learned. You and I, this is something that Pastor Just, I love this because this is something that you and I need foundationally in our life. We have all, all of us have opportunities to allow our thoughts to go in a direction they shouldn't be going in. We're the ones that got to rope them in, say, no, those are not my thoughts. Slap that, boom, boom, boom. Get a picture of that. And next time the devil comes at you, just grab, you can go buy your little Hulk dude. You know what I'm saying? Go buy your little stuffed animal and just, or uh, Loki, I guess that's his name. And just wham, wham, every time. Just keep him there to remind yourself, that's not my thought. That's not my thought. Keep it at your desk if you have to. Whatever it takes that's going, that, you, that you'll never, I used to this, there was a call called Gulliver's Travel. Leave it alone, you'll never make, go. You know what, you want to have to grab that little guy, go, oh, just throw him down. Why? Because he's a distraction. Whatever is keeping you from your divine destiny in God, you're going to have to work on making sure your thoughts are lining up with the word of God, not what everything else is saying to you in the midst of the circumstance that you're going through. 
Psalms, that's, that's Joshua, Psalms 1, another scripture, very popular scripture. Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the word of God. And in his word does he meditate, does she meditate day and night. This person is going to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bears its fruit in its season. Leaf does not wither, and whatever we put our hand to prospers. Hallelujah. And so you and I have got, these are decisions, though, that you and I have to make on an everyday basis. It doesn't just happen overnight. It's a consistent daily dose of making sure that you and I are strong in the Lord and the power of his night, not the circumstances that are going. The circumstances can be screaming at you at the time. You got to slap those down. Nope, those are not my thoughts. God, I really care of that over the Lord. God's got me. Don't worry. I'm not worried about that. And everybody goes, why aren't you, why aren't you doing something about it? Because God's got that. That is God's. I don't gave that to God. It's not mine. And you leave it there. You let God do what he needs to do in there. And do whatever it is he's telling you to do with the situation. It's like, I'm losing weight, but I'm eating that cherry pie. Mm-hmm. That ice cream is good. You know, what, what are you trying to do? you got to do something. And that old saying, if everybody did everything they knew to do, you'd all be rich, skinny, and happy. Come on. Why am I supposed to put money back? Well, you know, well, put the money back. Hello, it helps. It does. I'm stepping on somebody. So what the reality of, of that in our lives is a matter of we got to do this. So I'll go back to Philippians 4, 8 through 9, just to finish up. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest. What is that? Whatever the word's saying about you. Whatsoever things are just. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are bought with a price. You are precious. How precious are his thoughts towards you? How weighty are the sons of them? He knows the plans that he has for you and me. Plans to prosper you. Plans to prosper me. To give me a hope and a future. He's promised me that everything that I put my hands on as I meditate on him will come to pass. Amen? I'm successful. I'm success going somewhere to happen. The reality of what God has done for me, whatsoever things are pure, I'm pure and holy. I don't have unadulterated thoughts. I don't have stupid thoughts. I don't have thoughts that aren't lined up with the word of God. The word of God is my compass and my light. He's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I adhere to, cling to, rely upon that word. I walk in the just as a just man. Come on. You see these things. I'm pure. Whatsoever things are lovely and beautiful and precious. Whatsoever things are good report. I think about the good reports, not the bad reports. I'm constantly casting down the bad reports, and I'm focusing on the good reports. Whatsoever things be of any virtue, if there be any praise, I'm thinking on these things. Those things which I have both learned and received and heard and seen in other great men and women of God, I'm doing just like they do, and I'm getting the same kind of result. And you know what's so cool about it? The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, is guarding my heart and mind, which are in Christ Jesus. Two major things that you'll always see with people that are rooted and grounded in a great thought process. You'll never hear negative words come out of their mouth. And there'll always be a peace about them no matter what the circumstances are and the situations that they're going through. Did y'all get something tonight? Praise the Lord. We love you guys. And Pastor Justin.